0: Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. I've been looking for these obscenity cases to find holes in our obscenity laws in the Constitution. I got to the bottom of the pile searching Texas cases, so I've been looking for other cases. Today, I tried to Go to the Texas Court of a Criminal Appeals site. And guess what? The site, my browser say it's insecure. I can't go there. All three browsers say that. Earlier I read that the Texas site was hacked. But now it looks like it's not going to let me get on there at all. Today, we shall discuss the case State v. Welke. Two one six N W two D six four one Minnesota Supreme Court, nineteen seventy four, number four three five five four. What happened here? I'd like to read from the case. Quote: Defendant was convicted of violating the Minneapolis obscenity ordinance, Minneapolis Code of Ordinances number 870.080, by exhibiting and selling a magazine entitled Cronus. Two of the issues raised by the defendant on this appeal merit consideration. One, whether the evidence, including Cronus, should have been suppressed as impermissibly obtained by arresting police officers, and two, more importantly, whether the conviction constitutional may stand under the construction of the outstanding ordinance, end quote. I lived in Minneapolis for a few years, so shout out to any Minneapolis residents out there. Minneapolis residents, how do you feel about the state of obscenity in Minneapolis? It saddens and appalls me that Minneapolis had to erect its own obscenity ordinance, as if the Minnesota state ordinance wasn't enough. Forgive me if I pronounce the magazine Cronus wrong. They don't have pronunciations in these court cases, from what I can tell. At least not in this one. Has anyone ever read that Cronus magazine? I'd love to find out if you did. This case discusses how police officers did a sting-type operation here. It says, quote, After browsing through the store for several minutes, officers selected three magazine Cronus, Candy Boxes, and Candidia the covers of which displayed nude women, end quote. Have any of you read any of those magazines? It's an older case, so it'd be interesting if you did. It says here the defendant was a clerk at the store rather than an employee. And they have, and it discusses how the defendant had a problem with, after they arrested him, they seized all this material. But in evidence, they only put forth those three magazines that they bought before they arrested him. They argue, quote, purchases by undercover agents from willing sellers in places far more private than a bookstore were held in Louis versus the United States, not to violate the Fourth Amendment. And then they continue, quote, the more crucial issue for decision is whether the conviction constitutionally may stand under any construction of the Minneapolis obscenity ordinance, particularly in its application to this defendant. These issues arise for the first time in this state under the new test of obscenity enunciated by the United States Supreme Court in Miller v. California in 1973 in its companion cases. This case was 1974, so it was just after that famous Miller case. They also talk about the issue of community standards, which I've discussed in other obscenity cases. They say, quote, whether to the average person applying contemporary community standards the material is patently offensive or appeals to prurient interest does not require assistance of expert testimony and is a question of fact for the trier of, is a question of fact for the trier of fact to determine whether the material itself when placed in evidence, end quote. So what do you think about that? They also talk about continuing here whether individuals the average people can determine obscenity and they say they can. Quote The jury in this case found that the magazine Cronus was obscene based on instructions according to the then prevailing Roth memoirs test. Cronus was devoid of textual content consisting exclusively of photographs of women who for all practical purposes were nude and who were grossly postured as to give the prominent display to the genital regions. Implicit in the jury's verdict were findings that to the average person applying contemporary community standards, the dominant theme of the magazine, taken as a whole, appeals to the Peruvian interests, and the magazine was utterly without redeeming social value. End quote. The jury sucks for that. They shouldn't have found Cronus obscene. I don't care if something appeals to the prairie interest or not. It shouldn't be illegal. It doesn't matter if it was devoid of textual content. And if the women were, as it said, giving a prominent display their general reason is good for them, they deserve applause for that, not condemnation, and it certainly shouldn't be illegal. Fortunately, they conclude the following. Quote, the conviction nevertheless cannot stand because defendant did not have the clear notice of the legislative prescription which fundamental fairness requires. End quote. At least they're meeting us halfway or partially way there. We got to get something out of this. They say, quote, if the court itself was unable to formulate a precise a precise definition of the material subject to regulation, it would be unfair to assume that this defendant should have known precisely what materials were subject to regulation under the ordinance. The public interest is served by today's notice to those engaged in the sleazy business of pornography that they may no longer take refuge under an umbrella of constitutional uncertainty. Ordinance and statutes, much more than constitutional principles, are changeable. We construe them only in present text, frequently searching for legislative intent with in a constitutional context. Of course, if we have today misperceived legislative intent, or if at any time may become legislative intent to abolish any or all restraints upon obscene publication, the legislative body will manifest its intent by other enactments reversed. End quotes. Hey, don't you call pornography sleazy? It's a legitimate business in most cases. They also, in this case, ruled that the defendant couldn't have the materials returned because the defendant didn't have standing as he was a clerk and not the owner of the store. Well, at least he tried. Good job for trying. They did get this reversed, though I don't like their lines of thought here. I don't like their opinions here. I don't like how they're viewing things. Friends, we need to overturn these upsetting laws. I'm... Planning to keep on looking for ways to get rid of these obscenity laws, to declare them unconstitutional. I found two cases where dissenting judges made statements United States versus 37 photographs, and United States versus 12 reels of 200 millimeter film, or whatever it was. So let's keep fighting the good fight. How will you advance? the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today. Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.